Well, hey guys, if you want to follow along in your Bibles, why don't you grab those and turn to Exodus chapter 13. It'll take us a little bit to get there. Uh, and to get us to really to what we're going to talk about, let, let me just make an observation that I don't know about you, but I know in, in me, in my heart, in this current season with all the craziness around the world um, with COVID, that I, I'm kind of getting to this place where I'm just like, feel done, right? I, I bet some of you do too. You know, I, I think the first few weeks of this, um, a lot of us were just kind of running on adrenaline, right? Um, there was this, this, fear-motivated adrenaline that everybody was feeling. I, I don't know what your thing was in your business or your line of work or at home or whatever, but, but uh, for, for me, I know just making, trying to pivot towards this whole online thing and talking to a camera instead of to a room full of people, uh, that is a very different thing, right? And so there's this adrenaline. And so at first, there's almost an excitement that carries it on. But then before you know it, the season just starts feeling very repetitive. And probably something in your life feels very similar um, maybe with your kids in this season at home or maybe with Zoom, I don't know. But I'm sure something in your life, it's an ongoing kind of thing for you as well, right? I know a lot of you are feeling that way. Now, here's the thing. I, I think many of you probably were feeling a little bit like that in an area of your life before this season even. That before we even hit this season, you were just, stuck, right? You felt you, like you were in a, uh, you know, a word we use in church is desert season where you just feel dry. It just feels like it's, it's not going to end. It, it feels like the dreams and things that God maybe placed in your heart, they're just, it's taken so long to get to them. You don't see a, a direct route or path. You feel stuck. You're wondering if you're ever going to get there. Some of you were in that place before. Some of you are in that place right now. Some of you are in that place because of this season that we find ourselves in as a world, right? And so today what I want to look at, um, I, I want to share an incredible little passage and a truth that it would be actually really easy to sort of pass over if we did a big chunk of scripture because the Red Sea is coming up and that's like super exciting, fun, dramatic portion of scripture, but I didn't want to miss this or gloss over this because I think it's so applicable to the place where probably you, and I know in my heart, uh, some of the things that I'm wrestling with during this time. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn on over, if you haven't already, to Exodus 13, and we're going to pick up the story in verse 17. And just to remind you where we're at in the account, um, last, well, we skipped a week with our interview. If you missed that, you can go catch up on our previous online service. But in the, in, uh, the week before, we looked at the first thing that as God redeems, powerfully rescues and redeems and saves his people from Pharaoh, the first thing he does is he says, I want you to commemorate this. I want you to build rhythms into your life that commemorate and remind you of what I've done for you. And so they do that. Uh, that's what we, we 
saw earlier in chapter 13. And then as the people of Israel now are leaving Egypt, they're, they're leaving slavery, they've been set free, they've been redeemed, they've been saved, they've been rescued, they've been invited into relationship with God. It's this beautiful picture. And as that happens, this really interesting thing occurs. We see in verse 17 of chapter 13, it says this, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road down toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Now, there's a couple interesting things in this. The first thing is this interesting thing that God takes them. He, he doesn't take them the short way. He takes them the long way. And he, he does this because he knows, it says actually they came out of Egypt ready for battle. Like they had their swords strapped on. They, you know, they had their shields. They had just been given all this gold and all this silver from the people of Egypt, they felt like, you know, they had it all together and they felt like they were ready for it. They were ready. But God knows something that even though maybe on the outside they appeared ready, he knew they weren't ready. They had not developed the character that they needed for the thing that he was about ready to bring them into. They had not, they they have been a slave nation now for, for 400 years. They've been living in this, in this condition for hundreds of years of that. They've been living in slavery and oppression. That's all they knew. And so he, he knows something about their, their situation. He knows that even though they looked ready on the outside, they weren't ready. And he says, if they go and face war right now, what's going to happen is they're actually just going to say, we're out of here. We're not ready for this. Let's go back to slavery. Let's go back to oppression. And you see in our lives, there's this natural tendency, and this will be a theme in the book of Exodus. We'll see this over and over again. There's this natural tendency that when we face uncertainty, when we face fear, when we, when we get ourselves in a situation where we don't know, you know which way to go next, our natural tendency is to return to what's familiar, to return to where we were. And oftentimes where, where that was, was actually kind of lousy. Actually, there, the thing, that place where we were before, yeah, it was familiar, but it was kind of, kind of lousy. It was, there was bondage there, right? People of Israel, they were enslaved. They were oppressed. And yet, you know, they had their basic necessities met, right? And there's a natural tendency when we find ourselves in an uncertain situation to just want to go back to what feels safe, even when there's no freedom in it. And so God says, I'm not going to take them that way. I'm going to take them the long route. And, and God brings them through the desert. He brings them through in order then to ultimately bring them where he wants them to be. And this is so... This is going to be such a theme, I think, for so many. 
that you're going to find yourself in a season and, and maybe you're in this place right now in this current season in an area um, of your life where you're just struggling, where, you know, the adrenaline is worn off and it's just a slog. Or maybe you were in that place in a career or in a relationship before this ever started, right? And you're wondering, how am I going to get to where God wants me to go? And what you need to realize is he may be taking you the long route on purpose. And he, he may be doing that because he knows there's things he wants to do in you before he can do that through you. And although it doesn't make sense and although you can't see the end of where this whole thing is going, uh, he is working in your life to bring you into what he wants to bring you into. And so, Moving along in the story. Verse 19. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. Now, this is cool because remember how uh, Joseph got to Egypt in the first place and ultimately how the, the people of Israel got to Egypt in the first place is God allowed Joseph to be sold into slavery and brought to Egypt. And then he lands in prison and through a whole dramatic and difficult desert season, you want to talk about a desert season, he ends up finally um, being rescued and not only that, being promoted to prime minister of Egypt. And this is the thing that ends up rescuing his family as his brothers come down to buy grain. And that, then he brings the whole family down to Egypt during this famine. So Joseph ends up in this place and knowing that, hey, God meant this for good, even though the circumstances were, were awful. God meant this for good. And so it, Joseph has this incredible faith that, hey, one day I know God's going to come through and our family is going to be out of here. And when that happens, don't leave my bones here in Egypt. I want you to take them with you. And so Joseph had this just incredible faith. He has faithfulness in the season he's in. And then he has faith for the future of where God will bring him to. And just a, a real cool um, a real cool note on this as they bring his bones out. If you haven't watched it already, you've got to watch a documentary called Patterns of Evidence Exodus. And you can get it anywhere you, you stream videos. It's, it's amazing. And it's so cool that you, to, one of the really cool facts about this for you Bible nerds, just hang in there with me for a minute because archeologists have actually found in this city, an ancient city of Avaris on an archeological dig, they found this really interesting uh, property, Semitic kind of construction uh, up in this ancient city and with 12 pillars, which is significant with, with the, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel, 12 pillars. And then there's also an Egyptian tomb on the site. And they found a Egyptian headdress that looked like a, uh, a Hebrew hairstyle and the, the markings of what appears to be like a multicolored coat, but no bones. And so some scholars think that this was actually the site where Joseph was buried and they took his bones up. But in this season, Joseph was faithful. He had faithfulness now for the season that he was in. And he had faith for the future to the season that God would bring him into. 
And so I think this is so telling because what do you do when you find yourself in the middle of a season that just feels like it keeps dragging on and dragging on with no end in sight? And you're wondering, God, are we ever going to get beyond this? God, are we ever going to get to the stuff that, that you're bringing us to, the dreams that you've placed on our heart? And I've got three things that I think are just keys when you find yourself in that place. And the first one is this. What do you do when you're in that season? What do you do when you're on the long road that God's taking you on for whatever reason to get you to where he, go, he wants you to go because he's God and you're not and he knows what you don't know? What do you do in those seasons? And the first thing is you got to just be faithful now. Be faithful now. And I think this is one of those things that it's so important for us to continually remember and ask ourselves, what is God calling you to do right now that you need to be faithful in? Is there a step or a thing right now that God's calling you to do? Because we get so caught up in just trying to get to the next season, trying to get to the next step, that often we don't even stop and pause and go, God, what is it that you're calling me to be faithful in now? It's, it's like that interview last week. It's changing that next diaper, isn't it? It's, it's that, that time spent with, with a child again and again, right? It's the faithfulness in just getting up and being faithful to what he's called you to do as you provide for your family. It's, it's those things. You gotta be faithful. And we see Joseph was faithful, but he also had faith for the future. You got to have faith for the future because the current reality is not the future reality. And I think in this season, that's something we need to be reminded of. The current reality is not the future reality. God, there are good days ahead. There are good things ahead. And we don't know how long this current season is going to last, but there are good things ahead. I believe that. And Joseph believed that. And he said, hey, don't leave me here. Don't leave my bones rotten in Egypt. Take them out with you. I want to be buried in the land that God has promised. This current reality is not future reality. And, and I think that's so important because I think there's this thing we got to do in this season is one of the things, um, as, as we, we had a few people gather together for our Mother's Day service, the first time we've had really anybody in the building now for, for you know, a couple months. And it was such a sweet moment as we closed uh, with worship, just to be together again, even in a, in a quite small group, but just to be together again and worshiping. And you realize in some of these seasons, the things that you cherish, that you took for granted before, and I think that's such a good thing to be reminded of. And then to have that faith that God is bringing us again towards something, to have faith for the future, to have hope for the future. So be faithful now, have faith for the future and invest in your future. I think one of the easiest things to do when you find yourselves in these long seasons where it just feels like you're, you're slogging through it, not sure where it's going. It feels like it's taking forever. You don't know if you're ever going to get to the place where you feel like God maybe put on your heart 
The thing that's so important to remember is not to be paralyzed by inaction. I think so many times we get paralyzed in these seasons because things are uncertain, there's fear, we don't know where things are headed. And so instead of, instead of um, actually moving in a productive, positive direction, we just stop, right? Some of you have watched all of Netflix. No, I don't think any of you have. But some of you have been, come pretty close, right? And you gotta stop in this season. And you gotta engage in what is God? How can you invest right now? What is the opportunity? What can you do to invest in your future for what God is calling you to? There's this cool story of Isaac where he comes down, um, you know, one of the forefathers of Israel and, and they're in a famine and he plants a crop. He invests in his future, even in the midst of a famine. And I bet there's an area of life right now, whether it's your spiritual life, your, your financial um, business things that God's put on your heart or a ministry thing that he's calling you to get to or a serving thing, or it's a family relationship thing. And, and there's something that you need to invest into in this season. You need to move into that thing that he's calling you into. You gotta watch for the opportunities that he brings. Um, my great grandpa, Grandpa Ernie, I never got to meet him, but I've heard just awesome stories about him. Amazing guy. He like, we found out after he died that he like funded people's colleges and <laughs> bought my, my parents the only brand new car they ever owned, you know, at all their marriage. He did all this really cool stuff, but he was, it was during the Great Depression and he was an architect and he didn't have any work. And he had this friend who, um, this friend was working with this brand, with this new company, not uh, at all successful company. You might've heard of it. It's called Coca-Cola. And they were just kind of starting out. And this friend of his said, I don't have any money to pay you, but we got to design these Coca-Cola bottling plants. And my great granddad said, well, I, I don't have anything better to do. So why don't I just do it for free? And so he actually worked out a deal where he traded for some, you know, some future investment stock option kind of thing. Well, that was ended up being the thing that lifted them out of lower class up into upper middle class was the fact that they had the, the ability here. He said, I don't, I'm not just going to stay paused in this season. I'm going to invest. Even if I know I may never make anything from this, he still invested his energy and his time. And I think that's, that's such a, a key when we find ourselves in this season that just begin to feel like a slog. All right, verse 20. So after leaving Sukkot, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. And by day, now listen to this, by day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. And this is so cool because the pillar of God is, is this manifestation of the presence of God. And in this season, it, it went ahead them by it went ahead of them and they could travel by day or night. So actually this large group of people traveled very quickly across this desert because they didn't have to stop. And so as they traveled, 
all they had to do in this, this season, and this is so cool, we'll see this, this pillar in cloud. It's, it's such an important part, not only in Exodus, but it becomes an important part in the whole narrative of scripture and what God's trying to do in, in redeeming and, and his presence being with his people. But all they had to do in this moment was follow the leading of God. This, this literal visible manifestation of the presence of God that was his leading, his guidance, his protection for them. And when God moved, they moved. And when God stopped, they stopped. And see, the, the cool thing about the pillar here is the pillar that represents the presence of God in, in a very unique way. It was not given to them until they were freed or redeemed. They were first freed from Egypt. They first came into relationship, so to speak, with, with God. And this is, is so, it has so many implications because there's so many incredible pictures in the Old Testament and Exodus of what Jesus would accomplish on our behalf. In fact, Paul says in Acts, he says, therefore having been exalted, actually this is Peter, uh, therefore having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this, which you both see and hear. Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit, which Jesus had promised to those who put their faith and trust in him, uh, arrived. And how did the Holy Spirit arrive? As tongues of fire, as tongues of fire above their head. And there's all this picture. And, and the important thing about that is first, we trust in the atoning work of Jesus. First, we trust. First, we're redeemed by Jesus. He, he buys us out of sin and he invites us into relationship with him and we trust in him for forgiveness. And then we get to experience the indwelling of the spirit of Jesus Christ. And he's the one that leads us. And he's the one that guides us. Paul says in Ephesians, in him, you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation have also believed you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That the Holy Spirit is like a seal that, that says, you're mine. And so what you and I need to do in these seasons if you find yourself on the long route where you're going, God, where is this going? Where is this ending? It's critical for you and I that we stay close to and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And here's the thing that's so critical about that. If you're not pausing, if you're not disconnecting from social media and the news cycle a little bit, I'm preaching to myself here. You're going to be just living in this kind of constant state of amped up, hyped up, feared up emotions in your life. And you won't be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And what you desperately need in this season and whatever season you find yourself in that just feels like it's, it's a slog and it's not going to end. What you desperately need is to lean in to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing, if, if you don't learn to trust God and to follow his lead when you're in the desert, the truth is you may not make it out of the desert. 
See, when we disobey the Holy Spirit's direction or ignore the leading of the Holy Spirit in our life, we tend to find ourselves in dead-end situations in life where we just feel lost, where we just feel disconnected from God. And he, he waits for us to turn, to repent, to literally change our ways, to come back to him. He waits. He waits for us in those seasons. And yet you, you, you've got to draw near. You've got to follow him. He's faithful to take you through that season. He's, he's faithful, even though the season may feel longer than you wished it was, he's going to be faithful to bring you through, but you got to stay connected to his leading. You, you got to set aside time to connect with him for prayer, for just listening to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, for, for following his lead in your life. And so as we close here today, the first thing is this, that the present, you experience the presence of God in your life by first experiencing his redemption and first re-experiencing forgiveness and being welcomed into to his family. And you do that through trusting in the work that Jesus did for you when he died on the cross. And so in just a minute, if that's you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray a prayer and let you repeat it after me if you'd like to, if you feel like God might be drawing you to himself right now. And then I'm going to pray for all the other folks that are watching this, to all of our church family and those that are tuning in, that you just are in this season and it is so hard and you don't see an end in sight. Just to encourage you, to lean into what God wants to do in you during this season. To not, to, to stay close and connected with him in this season. To be faithful, to have faith and hope for your future in this season. To invest in the season in what he wants to accomplish in your life and in the future that he wants to accomplish through you. And so first, let's just, uh, for those that maybe you've not given your life to Jesus yet, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. And you can pray a simple prayer like this after me. Lord Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I can't make it to you on my own. I can't get to God on my own. So I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. Welcome me into your family, Lord. I want to turn my life from the direction I was going and follow you. Thank you. And Lord, for all my other friends in that season right now where they're just, they feel lost. They feel like they don't know when the season's ever going to be over, when they're going to get to the things that you've placed on their hearts, what the future might hold. It just, it was, it was exciting at first and now it's just a slog. Pray you would give them hope Raise hope up in their hearts, Lord. Give them life. Give them faith for what you have for them. Conquer fear, Lord. 
Lord, we love you and we worship you. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us this weekend. We really miss you guys and especially you kids. If you haven't had a chance to check out your lessons for this week, make sure you go do that. And if you have any questions about Life Community, make sure you're following us on our social media channels and we have lots of great stuff on the website. Have a great week.